At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. America. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Oh, my favorite day of the year. It's the State of the Union. Ooh, I wonder what they're going to say our State of the Union is. Um, we're going to be doing something on Blaze TV. We'll give you coverage that you won't really find anywhere else. It's more of a roast than coverage. And uh, we're all going to be there tonight. Make sure you join us on Blaze TV. What time does it start? 8 o'clock? Yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. You can save 20 bucks, by the way, if you use the promo code SOTU. Holy cow. At blazetv.com yeah. slash SOTU. So let me ask you, what really what really is the State of the Union? And, and how good is it getting? Really? I mean, most people now have been put into a worse financial situation we according to the un are walking into a wide possible world war three scenario with russia uh we've been discredited our money is uh becoming worthless there's no real world leadership is any of that matter if we fixed all of that would our state of the union be strong i contend no because our children are being dismantled in every way shape or form they have taken our history our culture they have taken our children and they are filling their heads with absolute nonsense and they are also corrupting our children so they're confused about gender they're confused about why men and women even exist it's all about self and pleasure and you want to be a unicorn you can be a unicorn this is all bullcrap and it is insidious and i'll show you one of the big players behind what's happening into your school in 60 seconds first there was the original my pillow mike lindell invented it revolutionized the way a ton of people sleep uh if you have a my pillow you've probably been enjoying it every night as as i do i have to tell you i can't believe I like a my pillow. If I pick it up in a store, I would have never purchased it. If if Mike Lindell didn't come here and give me a pillow and say try this, and then the next day I had to come back and go, I didn't really like it. He's like, you got the wrong one. You need the bigger one. And I sleep with that every night now, and I can't believe it. And it's weird because I would have never ever picked that pillow, but it's the one I sleep faithfully with every night. 
MyPillow 2.0 is now buy one, get one free for a limited time with the promo code BECK. Made with temperature regulating technology, 100% in the USA. The pillow comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com. Buy one, get one free, 800-966-3117. Get your MyPillow 2.0 now at MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. Andrew Ange- uh, Angieski, welcome to the program, Adam. How are you, sir? Well, it's great to be here, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. You are the CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com, and I think you would be one that would uh, agree with me. There is no State of the Union uh, in a few years if we don't fix what's going on in our schools with our kids. Well, absolutely. We have no idea. We need to start policing the content of what our children held captive in the classroom are being fed to them. So our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com, over the course of the last 30 days, we've uncovered quite a story of how the Newsoms, Governor Gavin Newsom and his wife, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, are using taxpayer dollars through her film and curriculum nonprofit to promote radical ideologies uh, in our public schools, up to 5,000 schools, how how they're personally profiting from this scheme and how they're using this scheme to promote the call to personality for the governor, Gavin Newsom. So so this film, and you're going to describe it here in a second, it has now been seen by 2.6 million students 11,500 classrooms, 5,000 schools, and in all 50 states. Yeah, look, uh, Glenn, yours is a family program. This content is deeply disturbing. I'm super uncomfortable talking about the details of it. Uh, The best way to describe it is, in two of these films, it is a pipeline to porn in the public schools. And for all the details, I invite your, the millions of people in your audience to come to OpenTheBooks.com, read our investigation. It's right there on the homepage, and click the links. You have to educate yourself on what your children in the classrooms are seeing, and viewer discretion is advised. Okay. Best way I can simply describe it, when you click the links in the study, is that this is triple X-rated content. You're going to see women who are naked or nearly naked, being slapped, handcuffed, brutalized, oh and still photos gosh. taken from pornography videos. And Glenn, if that wasn't bad enough, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, who produces these films, direct the, directs these films, she includes the website addresses to the porn sites where students, when they leave the classroom, oh it is a roadmap to them for further exploration. What, you know, where are... Th- Where's anyone that is standing up for women in the first place being slapped around S&M handcuffs? This is what we're showing not only to our children, but we're now endorsing it with public figures. And you'll get into this with public figures giving their their endorsement of this kind of behavior. Uh, And what does that do to our young men? What does that do to our are women this is it's evil <laughs> that's the only looking for another word couldn't find one it's evil it's evil yeah yeah it really is and that's why i say that parents fathers mothers you need to police the content in your local classrooms as you pointed out at the top here that this content 
is in 5,000 schools in all 50 states. 2.6 million of the students have reviewed this in 11,200 classrooms. And although we, you know, for months we reached out to the Representation Project, this is Jennifer Siebel Newsom's nonprofit, and we can't get a response. They will not respond to any of our questions, asking for their side of the story, asking for further context, their response to what we've uncovered in their films. But what they did do just a couple of days ago, the executive director of the nonprofit tweeted out that although they're happy that their films have received greater scrutiny over the course of the last couple of weeks because of our exposure, she pointed out they're proud that they've been seen over 30 million times online and in the classroom. So look, this is a real problem, Glenn. Parents need to get engaged. We need to start policing the content in our classrooms. You know, how do you how do you do that? Because you really you stand up and then you stand up in the school board meetings, you stand up PTA and you go to the school. And I mean, I've had these conversations. What exactly are you showing as any of this stuff being done? And, you know, in a um, in a non-Christian school, but even in some Christian schools, I wonder if you're really getting the truth and you're. You know, they are many times not telling you the full story or the truth or they define things differently than you do. And so how do you police it in the classroom? It's a three step, uh, three step process, Glenn. Number one is you have to ask the teachers uh, for copies of the curriculum as early as kindergarten. So kindergartners with Jennifer Siebel Newsom's Uh, curricula, they're being taught that gender is fluid, it exists on a spectrum, and that you can mix and match different parts of boys and girls. And so there are as many genders as there are people in the world. I looked up that number. There's 8 billion people in the world. Uh, So there's, there's up to 8 billion genders that kindergartners through fifth graders are being taught that, you know, and, and it's just not true. There's two. So you have to start. You have to ask, number one, you have to ask the teachers for the curriculum. Number, number two, the second step, says who with what proof? File an official Freedom of Information Act sunshine request in your state with your school district to get an official copy of the curriculum. You know, if you see that the, that the teachings, you know, are what we're talking about or something similar, you have to bring it to public comment at a board meeting. You have to ask questions and hold the school board accountable. Oftentimes, the school board will not answer your question. So you have to network up to, up to 50 to 500 of your friends and family in the community into those school board meetings. That creates a media event. That shines the white-hot spotlight on what's going on in our schools. And eventually, you just got to win school board elections at the end of the day. Okay, so what is the name of this particular, these films? What are we looking for? So there's four films that Jennifer Siebel Newsom uh, has produced through her nonprofit called the Representation Project, and in our in our study we list out all four films. Uh, the worst one, which has the most pornography for fifteen year olds plus, uh, is called The Mask You Live In, and that's the one where I describe the sexually explicit curriculum that's appalling and profane. There's also films that are shown to eleven year olds, and these are not appropriate either. But they say that age-appropriate material includes, for example, an upside-down animated stripper with tape over her breasts. This is for middle school. 
What is the um, I'm going to get to the money here in a minute. But what is the objective here? Honestly, because nobody thinks nobody, nobody uh, actually believes this is healthy for little children to see. (laughs) Well, it's interesting you bring up that point. Here's their justification. This number may be inflated, but it's the number they use. They say that 34% of all youth, when they go online, they see unwanted pornography. And so their solution to I believe this, that. Their solution to this is to feed 100% of the youth captive in the classroom the pornography right there. We think it's appalling, disgusting. No governor of the 50 states should be involved in anything like this. And, you know, that's why it's up to parents to police that content. Good heavens. Okay, so now talk to me about the money. Well, Glenn, I'm from Illinois. It is the Super Bowl of corruption, as everybody understands. And in Illinois, we're used to our politicians double-dipping the public trough. Well, what we found here with the, with the Newsoms is they're not double-dipping. They're not triple-dipping. They're quadruple-dipping taxpayer dollars. So, first off, Governor Newsom engaged in a highly unethical practice of soliciting state vendors, up to a thousand of them, for campaign cash. Those thousand state vendors gave his campaign fund $10.6 million. And while he was doing that, we found that his wife, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, was soliciting state vendors for donations to her nonprofit, this film and curriculum nonprofit, to cover the operating costs. So state vendors gave five- and six-figure donations to the nonprofit. Okay, so Jennifer Siebel Newsom has received in salary from the nonprofit over the last decade $1.5 million. She, uh, the nonprofit, which produces the films and curricula for schools at up to 5,000 schools, has received on license fees of licensing the films and curricula up to $1.5 million on license fees. That's taxpayer dollars. She gets a second bite at those taxpayer dollars with her for-profit company called Girls Entertainment. Uh, Girls Club Entertainment and Girls Club Entertainment contracts with her nonprofit. The nonprofit has paid her for profit one point six million. So do there the is can, can I tell you something? Million as somebody pocket. as somebody who runs a nonprofit, the red line with me is I can pay the nonprofit anything, but there is never a dime. That should ever come back this direction for anything. If I want them, you know, to uh, if I want to lend my studio space, I can't charge that. I can, but I never charge them rent because I don't ever want the appearance of anything like that for her to charge her own nonprofit and make money off of those taxpayer dollars is grotesque. They've blurred all the lines between for-profit, non-for-profit, salary, license fees. Uh, And here's the fourth way they they quadruple-dipped the taxpayer dollar. Two of the films star her husband, the governor, Gavin Newsom, and promote his call to personality, his political future. He's held out as a model public servant and a hero. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, There was something that, uh, let's see, he's betrayed his hero. Um, Paired curricula with the films promote uh, prompt kids to discuss Newsom's comments and urge them to vote, gather friends to vote for similar politicians who support, quote, a care economy. Yeah. So, look, somebody on the last election cycle, this is, you know, look, um, open the books dot com. We follow the money 
We're nonpartisan. We light up Republicans like in the latest omnibus spending bill. You know, Republicans were some of the biggest earmarkers. We had a field day with them showcasing them for participating and earmarking the currency of corruption in Congress. But look, when you follow the money right here on the Newsom's in California, uh, that's where we get this investigation. And somebody should have filed a... An, you know, an, an election campaign violation. You got a nonprofit charitable educational organization set up as a, under IRS Section 501c3, and they are drawing the line between, uh, you know, cultivating activists out of the classroom and urging people to vote for politicians that espouse the same principles as Governor Gavin Newsom, who appears in the curriculum and the film. Unbelievable. Adam, thank you for everything you guys do. And I know you do take on all sides. And I thank you for that. I am so sick of one side calling the other, uh, you know, the kettle and black. And it's just it's we're not getting anywhere. The evil is everywhere. And we have to take and pay attention to our kids first. Thank you. Uh, By the way, please go to openthebooks.com. OpenTheBooks.com and read this story and then track it down. It's in all 50 states, 11,500 schools. So make sure it's nothing, nothing like this is happening in your school. Back in just a minute. All right. Um, You can pretty well bet that at any given moment, someone out there is trying to get your personal information, steal your identity. Whether they succeed or not, whether you're able to pick up the pieces quickly, if they do, well, that's all up to you. And don't you have enough to worry about? I mean, I'm just I was thinking as I'm listening to Adam talk about, you know, we got to get into the schools. We got to file this. We got to do that. I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, everybody in this audience is is to the max, to the max. How are we going to do another thing? There are times when you have to just not worry about things and just find somebody to represent you that has some credibility. The people in in the identity theft business or the anti theft business is LifeLock. They have the credibility. They were one of the first companies, if not the first company doing it. They've been doing it now for almost 30 years. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Nobody can protect everything, but they also have a, uh, a restoration team on hand in case something does happen to your identity. So it's LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Beck and save 25%. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. 10 seconds, station ID. So easy. So, it's just so evil. You know, I was um, I read something from the Rutherford Institute um, by uh, John Whitehead, and I want to read it to you. This is what's happening to our society. Children are being targeted and sold for sex in America every day. Consider this. Every two minutes, a child is bought and sold for sex. Hundreds of young girls and boys, some as young as nine, are being brought and sold for sex, sometimes as many as 20 times a day. Adults purchase children for sex at least 2.5 million times a year in the U.S. alone. In Georgia, it is estimated that 7,200 men, half of them in their 30s, seek to purchase sex with an adolescent girl every month 
300 times a day. On average, a child will be raped by 6,000 men during a five-year period. It's estimated that at least 100 to 500,000 children, girls and boys, are bought and sold for sex in the U.S. every year. This is happening in our society. Our society is corrupt and broken. And anyone, anyone who has a child who has run into porn online at a young age knows that spins their heads like crazy. Now they're being introduced to this porn in the schools with ideology, not from online, but from a trusted teacher. It is spinning their heads. The number of kids at risk of being trafficked, trafficked or have been sold into the sex, uh, sex slave uh, uh, trade would fill 1,300 school buses that Kamala Harris loves so much. This is happening online. It could be happening in your own home to your kids where they're being propositioned through gaming, uh, any kind of gaming platform or social media. It is big business for boys and girls. 35% of the children are boys. And it is happening that Americans are consuming and buying it. This is really a must-read article from the Rutherford Institute. Child trafficking has become big business in America by uh, John Whitehead. Read this, read this article because it goes into what's happening on our borders and what's happening with our police. Where do we run for safety? A, to God and to traditional the values. Back program. Sponsored by Preborn, uh, I want to tell you about um, you <laughs> and you being a hero. This audience has done so many remarkable things. I don't know of an audience, you know, that hasn't taken big corporate checks. Just this is in $10 donations. The average, I think, is like $20 donations. We have raised and given away uh, about $150 million in the last 10 years. And, and that's from you in $10 donations. We are now on a big kick with preborn. This is a real, this is something very important to me personally. And your donations are saving children from being aborted. Last year, about 50, 55,000 children were saved by this audience. And they do it by donating 28 bucks, the cost of an ultrasound. And Preborn has these centers where women who are considering abortion come in, they see an ultrasound, and it doubles the chances of saving that life. Be a hero. Give a baby life. Dial pound 250. Pound 250, keyword baby. Preborn.com slash Glenn. Don't miss the State of the Union stuff tonight. BlazeTV.com slash SOTU. The code is SOTU for 20 bucks off. In a world where there is no trust of anything, even formerly trusted institutions, 
You really have to do your homework and watch people's, not just their words, but their actions. The actions always speak louder than their words. Um, uh, we have been working with the Heritage Foundation, uh, Wall Builders, uh, and, and I, uh, along with the Heartland Institute, all over the country on ESG. And uh, there was a, uh, an understanding that was growing, uh, unfortunately, that, that uh, the Heritage Foundation and, and what we were trying to do were st- sort of uh, going in opposite directions on ESG legislation. And it was um, hurting the whole anti-ESG movement. Uh, and I got Kevin Roberts on the phone. He is the new president of the Heritage Foundation. He is uh, he was the chief executive officer at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, which is why I initially was like, OK, th- there's got to be a misunderstanding here. Let's get him on the phone. And what could have been real contentious uh, uh, conversations uh, happened between a group of people l- really led by uh, Kevin uh, who believe in the Bill of Rights and want to do the right thing and understand we all can't do the same thing or w- we all need each other to cover up or to cover all of the bases and things like uh, ESG. So I just wanted to thank Kevin uh, for his um, his hard work and his time that he has spent to really understand um, what is going on on the uh, lowest of levels um, and being able to help and then support uh, what he believes in. Kevin, welcome to the program. Well, Glenn, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for, for your kindness in that comment and also in the conversations we've had about this this issue of, of confronting ESG. And, and what I've learned from leading a couple of schools and certainly in policy work, always wanting to work in coalitions with friends like you who also want to sustain the Bill of Rights, yeah. is that when you encounter those those potential tensions to, to stop, have a private conversation if possible, which is what you initiated, and realize, oh gosh, this, this is how we can make an adjustment to make sure that friends remain friends, but most importantly, as you and, and our friends at Wall Builders would, would say too, to go stop the problem, the scourge yeah. of ESG. So m- most of all, heartfelt from all of us at Heritage for everything you're doing to lead that effort. Well, thank you. Um, I, I will tell you that you are doing something now uh, that I talked about last week at Heritage that I'm really excited about. And some people might roll their eyes and go, geez, is this another white paper or is this a bunch of, you know, the rhinos getting together and developing policy? What excited me is, A, I know you, um, and B, uh, uh, I am seeing for the first time from anybody on the right with some with some decent leverage um, a a willingness to develop a very strategic plan for whoever the next conservative president is. Um, And and this is something the the Democrats do all the time. They have everything written before they even get into office. They have a, a strong plan. And that's why they can hit the ground running. You guys are doing that now, right? Well, we are. And, and I'll just say, not, not that I deserve the, the credit for this. I was just the, the initiator of it. Some really smart people came, came around to it. But to your point about the, the skepticism that people in your audience, a lot of friends of mine, family members of mine, I, I know them well, I am one, would have about 
a DC headquartered organization heading up this effort. I get it. And in fact, one of the reasons I took the job at Heritage, in spite of the fact that I wanted to stay in Texas, is because I wanted to correct that. And the reason is Heritage has so much credibility, so many resources, frankly, and, and we're so connected to the everyday American. You know, we're supported by several hundred thousand people each year outside D.C. We are decidedly not of D.C., all of that to say. The most important thing that we could be doing for the republic right now at Heritage is convening a wide group of people across the conservative movement, across the country. This is There's not a rhino involved in this effort to create what I might say is an administration in waiting. And to put it succinctly, Glenn, this is the set of policies that need to be initiated. These are not only finding the people to go into key positions, and by that, I don't mean a few hundred at the secretary or cabinet secretary level, but several thousand who can populate the administration, but also the playbook that will not just be for the first hundred days, but we're going, uh, this is not an exaggeration, my friend, we're going minute by minute. The president, whoever he or she is, takes the oath of office, scurries back to the White House, and minute by minute, these are the executive orders to roll back the damage of the Biden regime. Okay, so we know that we can't, that's one of the things that happens at the last gasps of a republic, historically speaking, is it has wild swings back and forth from the right to the left, from the right to the left, and it's all edicts. Um, And that uh, a republic can't last uh, very long with that and have credibility. Um, So I'm, I'm hoping that this also includes... Uh, a bunch of people like uh, let me let me throw Bain Capital out there. The kind of people that come in to turn a company around, but end up just you know firing almost everybody uh, and then selling it off for parts. Are we? Is there a plan to shut these administrative uh, behemoths down? Absolutely. There's not only a plan to do that. But that's really the core of the plan, because if we're, I'll just give you an example. In a couple of months, as, as part of this effort, which we call Project 2025, Heritage and the 50 other conservative organizations, none of them swampy, who've been working on this, nearly 400 policy experts, none of them swampy, we're going to issue <laughs> the book of policies that the, the administration needs to issue. The point to your question, Glenn, is that all of that is immaterial if we don't first and foremost do what you were just describing, which is in the and even before the first minutes of power, preparing for this during the transition, identify those those clowns who need to be thrown out, but to replace them, every single one of them, with men and women who are ready to take the country back. You see, that's the missed opportunity in the first months of the Trump administration. And I don't I don't mean that as a yeah. gratuitous criticism of the former president whose whose inclinations were heroic. It's just that DC inertia overtook Correct. that particular phase. And so this is the solution to it. Uh, I, you know, the people I can name are people at Heritage like Paul Ray, who is the anti-regulatory czar under Trump, did a heroic job. Paul is, is vital to this minute-by-minute playbook of getting rid of the people who, frankly, are abrogating our freedom. So let me re-ask, uh, Kevin, just to, of, to, to clarify. I'm talking about things like shutting down the Department of Education. Yes. Are you guys talking about those kinds of things? We're we're not just talking about it. We have the plan. In fact, literally sitting on my desk 
is the draft of, of that plan. And I'll be doing reading through that today. And so let me be really, really blunt. We will eliminate the Department of Education piece by piece, block by block. It has to be part of the next administration in the first term. We also, as I know is a big interest of yours, going to upend the Department of Justice. And our plan for the Federal Bureau of Investigation is to select all, delete, and start from scratch. Wow. That gives you a sense of, of the vigor of this plan. So is this going to be something that will be um, uh, able to be adopted and, and talked about and given to people so they can say, the, hold the president, whoever it's going to be, accountable and say, we want you to do this if you win. Absolutely. In fact, Glenn, historically, what Heritage and the conservative movement have done is issue this plan sometime after Election Day, <laughs> yeah. which, which is which I mean, it, it was better than nothing. But right. we're we're two years ahead. And so the, the very reason that we're issuing this this plan or parts of the plan in April of this year is precisely so that two things can happen. Number one. Americans, everyday Americans can be part of this and talking about it, asking people who want to be their elected officials about it. But secondly, to the heart of your question, when we start having debates among the Republican presidential aspirants, they're talking about that plan. It, the plan becomes the very reason that we as, as Republicans will nominate someone. You hold your uh, Ph.D. in American history from University of Texas. I think you have uh, master's at Virginia Tech, bachelor's of history, University of Louisiana. So you know history. I, I do. Where, I know early American history in particular. Where are we in the cycle of history? Uh, we are a couple of chapters away from writing the epilogue of the American Republic. And I'm not willing, if in fact we have to write that epilogue in our lifetimes, to go down without a fight. Without a fight. <clears throat> and instead, because of my faith, I'm cautiously optimistic that if men and women of faith in, in God, in the American Republic, are willing to fight, we're actually going to write several chapters in the next couple of decades before we have to write the epilogue. That's what the plan is about. In that, you hear, Glenn, my cautious optimism, but also my realism that having studied history and the history of republics and knowing that, as you said, we're in this swinging of the pendulum from right. left to right, the time is finite. And I am not willing to leave anything on the field for my kids, Good for you. if we were to have grandkids, but most of all, for the men and women alive this day who've sacrificed so much for you and me to be able to do what we do. Uh, we're talking to Kevin Roberts. Uh, he is he was named the president of the Heritage Foundation in 2021. Uh, and he is looking for a new heritage. Take all the best things from the Heritage Foundation and, and conserve them and get rid of all the worst things about heritage. And uh, so far, I'm really impressed by what you do and how you um, uh, just how you are behaving as uh, as somebody in charge of something like this. Um, let me ask you one more question. I'm doing a lot on AI this week. I have a special on AI tomorrow. AI, we are in this revolution right now. I've been talking about it for 30 years and saying someday the day is going to come. Well, the day is here now, and it's going to start accelerating rapidly. Um, and big tech and government in these 
public-private partnerships. How are you thinking about AI and the public-private partnerships with big tech? Well, AI scares the daylight out of me. I mean, color me a conservative or even a troglodyte, but the the point is there's got to be a policy response. And so probably the first thing that, that, that I initiated at Heritage that surprised some people, including some friends on the right, was saying, that big tech is an enemy of the people. Oh, yeah. and, in, and in particular, big tech in collusion with big government are working against the American people. And so, you know, what Heritage does is not just talk about things, but actually do them. We've been working very closely with the House Republicans and a few Senate Republicans on shattering that. There has to be a, a reckoning among conservatives in Congress, Glenn, about the threats posed, not just by big tech, but in particular, this AI effort. And I'm really grateful because the, the best pressure is the pressure that comes from the outside, mm-hmm. that you're spending so much time and your own credibility fighting against that as well. Thank you so much, Kevin. Appreciate it. Um, let us know how we can uh, help. And again, thank you for everything the Heritage Foundation is doing. Uh, you're, you're great partners. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Take you care. Bet. Bye-bye. Relief Factor. Uh, John wrote in about his experience with Relief Factor. He said, a few years ago, I had a back injury that left me in pain every single day. Tried a lot of stuff, but nothing would make the pain go away for very long. Fortunately, I heard you talking, Glenn, about Relief Factor, and I tried it. Within a few weeks, I not only felt better, I felt better than I had before I had the back injury. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Listen, if you or somebody you know is dealing with pain, please, please, just have them try relief factor and if it's you please just try it. give it a shot you got 20 bucks to lose and i know 20 bucks but what is 20 bucks worth i mean lately 1995 it's a trial pack hundreds of thousands of people have ordered relief factor 70 percent of them go on to order more relieffactor.com call 800 for relief 800 the number four relief 1995 three-week quick start relieffactor.com feel the difference Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. You see, uh, Steve Dane's account has been uh, just kicked off of Twitter. Hmm. He had a hunting picture yeah. uh, posted, and uh, apparently that file, this is what was actually posted on it. It was just a picture of him and I think his wife with um, an animal that they had just shot. And uh, U.S. Senator Steve Daines has been suspended now uh, because the uh, picture showing him, his wife, him and his wife hunting uh, it may be pornographic and and or may be intended to cause sexual arousal. <laughs> Some weird tastes. Some Somebody weird tastes going has. on. Yeah. It. yeah. No, it's uh, that. No. Uh-uh. So uh, would you say what's your opinion on the Elon Musk transition here? Successful so far? Better? Is it yeah, better? So far, I, I don't. I mean, I think maybe better. Not the apocalypse that everybody yeah, so claimed. It didn't I, go offline. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't collapse. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I'm still out on Elon. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. I don't think he is. Uh, I, I. I just don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's improved as far as 
generally speaking, as far as censorship and those things. And the Twitter files was a big, big you know, big that was win. really a good win, I think. You know, I, the site itself, I feel at times is is worse. In where, what way? Like they, you know, like they've added, they did that whole verification thing where people have to pay for it, which is kind of weird. And now like trying to sort through people to try to understand if you're, if, you know, is some media member yelling at you or is it just that, you know, that person, you know, some random person with four followers, you really can't tell the difference. You have to like, it's, it's like, I feel like it's harder to use for the things I least used to use it for. The but, good news is I so rarely use it. Yeah, well, so you don't I, care. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, don't and like I really don't care what other either. people say. I just, no, I'll I, post things that I find and then I don't really care. I just mine it for content. I mean, I, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. we have to talk about something. And so idiots on Twitter is, is better than most <laughs> of the other options. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you. Hey, tonight, you don't want to miss our State of the Union special. It's a State of the Union roast. All of us are going to be there tonight giving you commentary, not only before and after, but during as program. well, I think.